pull up Discord on your laptop? <laughs> no, I don't. Ah, hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And we're back in the same room. Yeah, I have to look at you when I record now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all, almost that time of year. We'll have, uh, yeah. we'll have a few more of the, the Discord sessions before you're back full time. But welcome back in the interim. Yeah, I think it's time to end the podcast. It might yeah, be. It's just too much. It might be if we have to keep doing this face-to-face all the time. <laughs> uh, so today is our non-stats episode, so Corn and I were going through topics, headlines, different things, and we concluded that this might be the most boring like week in sports outside of like the few updates there were in the White, so- the White Sox, the uh, Astros scandal. Mm-hmm. I mean... There's not much. Yeah, like, uh, people always talk about the summer being slow because it's really only baseball. But this is just, like, there are four or five major sports going on right now, and there's nothing happening really with any of them that we haven't at least touched on b- previously. Yeah, the, we, we even checked, like, NBA. There's, like, the most exciting thing that's happened in the NBA was when Ben Simmons scored that three-pointer. And, and that, like, that was, was fantastic. <laughs> Was it really? Well, I, no, it was like three or four days ago. Okay, I was going to say, like, damn, is my life, like, that crazy that, and by crazy, I mean totally boring that two, three days ago seems like a week already, or a week ago is already, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Yeah, just fuck it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think the most exciting sports related thing that we have to talk about is us going to the Jets Raiders game on Sunday. Yes, can't wait. Uh, this will be your first NFL game of the season? This season, yeah. Yeah, right on. At first, I was thinking like, no, I'm pretty sure I've been to an NFL game before. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, definitely this season. This would be my second game of the year. What um, was the first one you went to? Well, it can't be worse than the first one, because the first one was oh. Jets-Pats. Yeah, I remember got that. Fucked! I didn't know you were going to that, and I just saw, like, Kel's story of, like, you two sitting at the game, and, like, I had the Jets-Pats game on, and I was like... I am very glad I'm not sitting next to Josh right now. Well, I just, I was telling Kel I felt so bad because you knew it was happening. Oh, like, yeah. I almost, I almost refused to go watch the Jets play good teams <laughs> because we're not good enough to make it exciting. Like, you're, we're going to lose. Like, you, you walk into the stadium. You walk in, I, we're walk, I walk into the stadium against, like, bad teams going, we're going to lose. <laughs> when you walk into the stadium as a Jets fan against a good team, you go, all right, how bad's this going to get? And that was, Worst case scenario. That is exactly how I feel about the Penn State Ohio State game tomorrow. But Penn State's still a top ten team. But I'm still like I've given up any hope that there's it's gonna be a close game and like we're gonna get blown out for sure. But we're still a top ten team. Like we should be good, but it it's yeah. It makes it easier for you as a fan because either either you roll in there and you you. Uh, you walk in with a mindset that you're going to get defeated, and either you get defeated and you go, yeah, you know, I was ready for this. It's, it sucks, but I was ready for this. Or they win and you go, we're the best team in the world. I mean, my God, how great are we? Um, if you walk in there saying we're going to win and they lose, it, it, it's complete turmoil. <laughs> I was going to say, what's worse, losing a game that you were... Um, you know, winning most of the game and then lose it in a heartbreaking fashion, or... Um, losing a game that you had no right to be a part of, but you were still super close to winning. Um, losing a game you had no part in winning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Just it's that little glimmer of hope that they give you. Yeah. Right. Right. Right before they stick the knife in. Oh, is it? Oh God. Yeah. 
and and that's why we we watch so much of it <laughs> yep that's why we are addicted so we figured for today's episode we could go over just a, a few kind of like little updates on things as well as um uh, some upcoming baseball stuff so for what do you want to start with um i guess since we ended the last one on the astros do you want to talk about uh, has there been any major updates or even little updates? Because nothing major is going on. Um, so we we talked about this before we started recording, but it seems like there's not a lot really going on with it right now. Uh, major headlines are being made out of small things like Jim Crane not wanting to talk about. Why is it news that Jim Crane doesn't want to talk about the cheating scandal? Like, I wonder why. That's what everyone involved in the Astros organization should have been saying from the yeah. start: is we don't want to talk about that, and yet they kept doing it. So. It's not news. I don't want to talk about that. Um, much like Jim Crane. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's anything. Is there anything? I don't think there's anything, now. It just reminded me because you have a George Springer Astros jersey on the wall. Uh, are you going to burn the jersey, Josh? Uh, you know what's funny is I actually thought about that. Yeah. Because, like, for once, I actually already have the thing. Right. I wouldn't have to go out and buy it. I already own it. Um. I'm not going to. I've never burned a jersey as a fan. I probably never will unless something spectacularly awful happens. But I feel like it would be a fun experience, just like with your friends burning some jerseys. I'd rather I'd rather burn a jersey. Oh yeah, but that doesn't have the same kind of like gravitas to it. And see, that's the problem. Is I I also often thought about this whenever you see like musicians like mm-hmm. like trashing their gear at the end of a set it's like yeah like that looked cool but like i'd take that from you like, <laughs> like if that, you if you're so could... it's like if you're all right you're so committed to being like this like i'll like, give it to me like give it to a kid like don't do that like, like that guitar is so much nicer than anything i will ever own that guitar also Please. costs like so much money yeah. or like when you see keith moon like destroy his like multi-thousand dollar drum kits it's like <sighs> fuck dude so much of that could be rent. Like, was that worth it? Like, it never damn. is. Uh, that's how I feel about burning jerseys, and that's why, like, I, I get what people buy the the fake Chinese ones. But then it's like, do you want to burn a fake Chinese jersey? Because you're like definitely gonna get cancer. <laughs> yes, you will. Yeah, like a hundred percent. So, <laughs> see, like, I feel like I. I don't like buying Chinese jerseys anymore, just because if I'm gonna buy a jersey, I want to invest in one that I know is like. Nice quality will last me a good while, you know. Like, I, if you're gonna invest money in it, like thirty bucks for a jersey, one hundred and fifty dollars for shipping from China, because that's just the way it is. Might as well just spend that money on a nice jersey. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'll, I'll buy cheap jerseys if I have a reason to buy a cheap jersey. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I bought them in high school just because I was poor. But you know. Now I work for, not for a living, but I have a job and I can afford nice things. Yeah, having a job is nice. Yeah. Fuck the unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, what are y'all uh, doing with y'all time? Oh man, uh, look at the time. <laughs> uh, so nothing to really say on the Astros? Is that, what we're, is that what we're concluding? Yeah, no, I just brought it up to talk about burning jerseys. Uh, do you want to, let's talk about Miles Garrett so we can just, I guess, conclude this with nothing but baseball. You mean UT Smollett? Yeah, yeah, Miles Smollett, Juicy Smollett Garrett. Is it Smollett? Uh, I don't know why I I bother pretending like I know how to pronounce names. It's tough because Dave Chappelle made fun of him in his stand-up special Mm -hmm. and gave him a fake name, which was Juicy Smollett. 
I see. I forget. I forget. I, all right. So the first name, real first name, is Jesse. The fake first first name is Juicy. Mm-hmm. After that, it gets dicey for me. <laughs> so so I, I don't know. Either way, at the end of the day, who fucking cares? So he's his indefinite suspension got upheld. Um, a few other things got uh, rearranged. Like Mar- Marquise Pouncey got, got reduced a game. Yep. Uh, Still won't play in the. Browns game, which is fine because there's no way they would have played him anyway. Yeah. So, what do you make of the suspension, indefinite suspension being upheld? I think it's still the right call. Um, I mean, I was on this podcast spouting out how a bunch of things should happen and they really need to buckle down on this. And even many, many days after the fact, I, you know, 100% agree that it, it is a fit punishment for the crime. Um, I, I think it, I don't think the indefinite should hold into next year if he just, uh, if he does what he has to do. And I guess the big wrench that's been thrown into this is his accusations against Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Oh, um, so, all right, I'll get to that in a second. (laughs) Yeah, I'd rather the NFL be too thorough with it. So I I get why they upheld. I was surprised they upheld the suspension a little bit just because it feels like if you argue a suspension, the NFL always goes, all right, well, you came in, so we'll take a few games off. Like <laughs> It's like, like a professor being it. like, if you come to my office hours, I'll give you a bonus point on the exam. Yeah, yeah. like the, And this is so funny because the, like, the NHL works that way too. It's like you're almost guaranteed to go like, all right, all right, shut up. We'll take a game off. Like, leave the office. Um, so I was a little bit surprised in that front that they upheld the indefinite suspension. Uh, I'm assuming it, that they leaving it uh, indefinite so that they could just conclude make or uh, come to a, a full conclusion and you know have all the information that they want on, on how long it, that he should be out for and whatnot. Because I don't think that indefinite is like it's not like he's been banned from football right. for life. It's still just a suspension. The it's not like he smoked weed. Oh yeah! How dare he? If he did, it's it's the, the how dare he partake? I'm sorry, in the I got so angry. I was high at the time. Yeah. Uh, what what was it? Roseanne Barr said she took uh she took uh, an Ambien before the races. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe he just took some Ambien. Yeah. You know, like it, may, it makes you do wild things. Lo- loosens you up. So all that deep seated racism just sparks on out. Well, now we're talking about Mason Rudolph. Um, mm. Let me let me let me let me get your take first. I 100% believe that there was nothing said. I really just don't think there was. No one on the Steelers heard anything. Mike Tomlin didn't say anything or or said he didn't hear anything uh, from anyone. None of the Browns players outside of Miles Garrett knew about anything of the sort until reporters started asking them about the accusation. Um, The NFL looked into it and found no reason to suspect it happened and we're not going to pursue it after that i don't know what miles garrett was thinking like he's most definitely a smart guy he knows what's up he has to understand that with the number of players on that field surrounding him that are mic'd up during the game they'd have to be able to pick up on the fact that no one said anything i mean he called larry ogunjobi a bitch because he was being a bitch. Oh, yeah. The guy that came in, shoved him to the ground uh, after the fact. The guy that was there being a bitch. Just yeah. <laughs> Mason Rudolph on the ground looking up. 
bitch that will for that will go down as probably my favorite gif of all time um it's just so fitting but man that's it's such a bad look for miles garrett i mean you attempted to kill a man browns fans that's kind of what happened he easily could have done serious serious damage to mason rudolph with that and he's still making it worse with shit he's saying all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna play both sides here, as you should, so I can I can paint as as much of a picture as I can. I'm playing both sides, so I always come out on top. You shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> uh, fat Mac. <laughs> oh, that was the Fat Mac season. Yeah. All right. So, on the one hand, you tend to want to believe people when they say someone said something racist to them. Hundred percent. Because why would anyone lie about that? That's exactly. an insane thing to lie about. On the other hand, if there was ever an instance to lie about that, this would be it. Mason, uh, not Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett is being investigated, or at least, you know, being tried in some way for a really, quote-unquote, like, heinous and aggressive act, and in some ways you can justify that by saying something heinous was said to you, even if it wasn't. Um, in terms of it being said, like, would the NFL have tape of it? Of course they would. Now, if it was true, would the NFL be willing to put out the tape of it? And that I would severely doubt. So, if you want to be a conspiracy theorist about it, you could definitely say that the NFL has it, and it was said, and it was caught on mics, and the NFL is just not going to put it out to save face. Which would be fair, but on the flip side of that, no players on either side said that they heard it. And there was enough players there involved in the action to would have been you know more than capable of coming out and saying that they did hear it mm-hmm. and that's a pretty severe thing it's not like so it's not like like mason would have called him a motherfucker because you that's know like no one would be offended by that and people no. would would be like yeah yeah sure no he'd like calling using like racially charged language like people would should be comfortable saying yeah he said that he needs to apologize for it because if not, then that, that could throw the Steelers' locker The NFL is so black. The NFL is so black. Like, if Mason Rudolph is out there as the leader of the team, de facto because of the QB position, sh- shouting slurs, like, he would have to answer to that in his own locker room. I Whether think- it's in a moment of, 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 like, you know, crisis or not. So, the fact that, like, no one's saying he said anything aside from the accused, like, that's pretty sketchy. Yeah, I mean, he has five offensive linemen that are black. I mean, all of his receivers outside of Ryan Switzer, so all of his receivers are black. Um, I mean, every one of our running backs is black. I mean, what you want to say about the rest of the NFL, the guys he plays and practices with and the guys in charge of protecting him on every single play, if this was a if this was true and Miles or not Miles, Mason Rudolph said those things. I honestly think you might have to, like, seriously consider benching him because I just don't know how, especially with the chemistry issue, this yeah. issues the Steelers have had in the past, I don't think he's been playing well enough on the field to justify making a locker room issue out of this. Oh, of course not. And and we're not bringing up the blackness of the Steelers or the NFL to say, like, why would he say it? He has so many black friends. Right, right, right. Exactly. It's that these are people who would very readily be offended by a no-name backup quarterback dropping a hard racial slur like this. They'd have no reason to defend him. 
And thus far, everyone is. So, did Mason Rudolph say anything? I'm inclined to say no. I am as well. Which really sucks because I don't like being the guy that disagrees with that shit. But at the same time, it just seems so overwhelmingly like he didn't. Like, all that people have is Miles Garrett's word and the possibility that the NFL has it mic'd up and isn't going to release it. And, and that's if, not a lot. And if the NFL hasn't released it, why would that be a good business decision to th- essentially throw one of its star defensive players who before this was probably the biggest rising star on the defensive side of the ball with the highest chance of becoming the next Aaron Donald type player for a guy like Mason Rudolph, who in all likelihood after the season probably has done his done with his time being a starter in the NFL. If it is recorded and they're not going to release it, do you think like, like let's say it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it'll be used to help determine the Miles Garrett punishment. Oh, because like if, if they have it, like why wouldn't yeah. it come into play? Oh, absolutely. Even if they don't publish the fact that it did happen, and you know whatever they say behind closed doors, that should absolutely be a factor in the punishment for that. Because it, if Miles Garrett's doing that essentially out of cold blood, that's really huge. If he's doing that because he is extremely emotional after being called a just truly horrific thing. Okay, there's some reasoning behind that. You know, there's it a, adds to like the a, heat of the moment. Court kind of, of thing. oh, sorry. If a court of law would take those kind of things into account, then why wouldn't the NFL? And of course, that doesn't make any sense because the NFL has shown that they never follow precedents like a court of, of law would. Um, <laughs> You, you kind of hope that at some point they figure it out. Yeah, it, It's also tough because you'd make it even further. Let's say that it does exist and they do use it to help mitigate the um, suspension on Miles Garrett. They've already come out and said that it doesn't exist, so they'll definitely never release it <laughs> if it does exist after they say they didn't exist and they use its existence to help reduce the suspension. It'll never come out. <laughs> Who's going to be the NFL whistleblower? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Um, Imagine yeah. if, like, someone in the uh, on like the current congressional committee hearing these impeachment hearings is like a huge Cleveland Browns fan, and they call him in or like issue a subpoena to like Roger Goodell. Did Mason Rudolph say the word? I need to know right now. You are under oath, sir. Hey, yo, it also, if they released it, I, every single team would stop making their players up. Oh, not yeah. even not even because they're afraid all their players are going to say some weird ass like racial shit. But like Sam Darnold already had that issue this season mm-hmm. where the NFL released some some shit he didn't want out. And now if this comes out too, that's yeah. a lot. Especially since players they don't have to be mic'd up if they don't want to. I mean, like they are allowed to say no to that. If players start getting punished because of you know these kind of things, granted, if he did say the thing. You should be punished for it. Oh, 100%. But just to be safe, these guys are not going to want themselves to be mic'd up. No, players already, if they are the mic'd up one, they already warn other players oh, that they're yeah. the mic'd up one when they go have a conversation. And it's always hilarious. It is, but like players are already adjusting for it, and if you start using the things that they say against them, mm-hmm. not to say whether you like using it against them is right or wrong like based on the things they say, but if you start doing it, then 
Yeah, more players are just going to be like, no, no, thank you. And hell, I'm even okay. NFL Films on the sidelines has those uh, microphones that are able to pick things up on the field anyway. Yeah, the directional mics. Yes, I could not remember the term for it, but yes. Yeah, it's so funny, those things, because it's one of those things you don't realize. Like, you don't know what to look for until you look for it. Mm-hmm. It's like... They're everywhere. Well, and also, they're in every sport. Like, do you ever, have you ever been to a pro basketball game? Yeah. How weird is it not here on the shoe squeak? It's weird. It's fucking it's weird. Weird. I honestly, to this day, I'm surprised that's as big of a like thing that nobody talks about. Because when you watch basketball on TV, there's almost no squeaking at all. When you're at a game, you can hardly focus because it like if you don't go to a lot of basketball games, which I've only ever been to a handful, it's 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 overpowering. It's funny, right? Yeah. Like, I, I talked to a girl in uh, high school, and it's like, hey, you want to come to a basketball game with me? And she's like, no, I, I refuse to go to basketball games because the squeaking just drives me nuts. And I was like, oh, you're crazy. And then I went. I was like, no, she's right. This is nuts. Um, all right. Any, any, any concluding thoughts on the Miles Garrett thing? Um, what, do you, what do you think the next piece of news we're going to hear about it is? I don't know, man. I feel like it's 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 gotten to the point where like you can't predict what's going to happen next. Because I never would have predicted him accusing Mason Rudolph of saying you know what he believes he said. Yeah, no, that was that was like a scene from a movie about a football player who hits another football player over the head with a helmet. Yeah, where like he walks like he walks into the courtroom and he goes, "That man called me," and then it's like, oh. And it's and it happened in real life. I fully expect, like, to answer your original question, I fully expect Miles Garrett to come out with like a video apology, saying like, "Oh, I, I thought I heard it, but after listening to the tapes, I was clearly misinformed or like misinterpreted what he was saying." I'd like to apologize to Mason Rudolph and the Steelers, and just one of those, just to save face. He does one of those weird, like, you know how OJ has nothing but Twitter videos now? Yep. <laughs> one of those weird OJ-style ones. Where and his videos are always fun. His videos are fucking bizarre. Because he's still very crazy. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> looks like a man who killed someone. <laughs> he, well, two people. Two people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, one was a woman. Like, they yeah, don't count. They don't count. Was it, like, three-fifths? That's nah, a woman. Two-fifths. <laughs> uh, uh, what's our next piece? <laughs> Let's get away from race, please. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the White Sox? Sure. So the Josh, I said let's get away from race. Don't call it that. Yes, the um, the Caucasian Sox. There, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so the White Sox signed Yasmani Grandal yeah. to a contract. Um, trying to it, oh, that's the Jose Abreu one. Where they are you? They signed Jose Abreu to an extension. They did. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did. I guess I'll get to that in a in a second. Where the fuck is it? I had it up. God. Damn it. Is it under one of your other 650 tabs? All right, you leave my tabs alone. No, because it's absolutely maddening. I caught, myself, I caught myself this week when I was studying for a midterm with like 30 tabs open, and disgustingly, I stopped what I was doing to consolidate and close them all. Do you have more tabs open on your laptop or your like phone internet? Usually phone my phone. Browser. Uh, well, I don't know. Like, If I... <sighs> Because the thing is, I never think to close them because you can only see one at a time. So every now and then, I'll look up in the top right corner and it'll say like 25, 30. And I'll be like, holy shit, what do I have open? And I'll go back and I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, why do I have Bill Buckner's stats page open? Like, let's get that shit closed. 
usually it's my laptop because I'm doing more things at once. So I'll have like five windows open for like five separate things that I'm working on. Um, and then on my phone, it'll usually just be like three or four tabs just because looking stuff up. But if I forget about it, it easily turns into like 30, 40 overnight. Oh my God. Yeah. It happens so fast. Uh, anyway, so yes, my granddaughter's contract is uh, four years, $73 million. Uh, so it's $18.25 million per year, which as was his goal two years ago, he wanted to make sure that he was increasing his AAV every season as a service to, well, one, him, but also catchers as a whole. They didn't want to decrease the value of the catching market, mm-hmm. and he has done so. Very well, I may add. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, so this is a nice addition for the Chicago White Sox, who also uh, just today, we're recording this on Friday the 22nd, announced that they signed Jose Abreu to a three-year, $50 million extension, so they have those two pieces locked in. Um, Grandal is a great offensive catcher. Uh, he's a switch hitter. Uh, he's also... A very good defensive catcher. I was telling Corn at this uh, before we started recording. James McCann at, is apparently by far the worst defensive catcher by framing in all of baseball. Uh, like apparently, it's like by a lot. Whereas Yasmani Grandal is second best. So it's like a huge difference in that quality right there, and. Their uh, their their depth charts looking looking pretty tidy there in the infield heading into next season. Yeah, it's they've got some holes to fill, but that's a team that'll definitely be on the up and up sooner rather than later. As I've been preaching, I want to look up their prospects. Yeah, oh, that'd be a good thing to see. Yeah, I I'm really excited for um what this team could be in a few seasons because, and this is another thing that we were saying at the outset of this. This is a good season for them to get starting pitching. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of starting pitchers outside of like the marquee dudes who um, I'll ask what that was about in a second. Outside of, of the um, the marquee guys who, who are up like Garrett Cole and um, Steven Strasburg, there's there's a lot of like nice depth pieces that they could pick up that just could be like, you know, like two, three war players, role fillers, decent dudes. They could absolutely be snatched up. And those could be the guys that the White Sox end up being able to cling to because they'll be left kind of behind by the bigger market teams that are looking to pick up starting pitching, like the Dodgers might, the Red Sox might, the Yankees might. Uh, I doubt the Astros because they have no money and are, you know, going through a whole <laughs> a whole thing right now. They're going through a tough time in their life. Yeah, they're struggling over there in Houston. Um <laughs> So it, it could be it could be pretty interesting to see, like um, who is here? Steve uh, Cole Hamels. Though apparently his market's pretty bolsterous, has came out today, but he's thirty six, and I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that either. Yeah, Dallas Keuchel on the market mm-hmm. could be a good fit for them. Rick Porcello, I know isn't a sexy sure. pick, but he he'll give you innings. Exactly. He'll. I mean, they've got some you know, high-risk, high-reward kind of pitchers on that roster right now. Yeah. Having a guy like Rick Porcello to kind of even things out or wouldn't be bad. Tanner Roark. Sure. Like, that's the thing. They don't need 
like obviously every team needs an ace but just for them to be competitive like they don't need an ace like they if yeah. they could just get because lucas giolito counts as the race he's really good well this year he became good if he can yeah. keep what up what he was doing unquestioned he is their ace and and then yeah so all you need is like you know uh Back end of the rotation, which you can get, like look, look, listen, to the, Andrew Kashner, Kyle Gibson, Ivan Nova, who's obviously familiar with the uh, White Sox. Uh, Madison Bumgarner will probably fetch actually a pretty decent amount. Zach Wheeler, who they've already been uh, interested in, apparently. Tyson Ross, like there's there, there's names here that could not suck. Like, like there's names of dudes here who could very readily not suck, and that's all the White Sox need because that plus outfielders because their their infield lineup is is actually good. Oh, absolutely, and boy, do they have prospects. Read them out to me, baby. So their top prospect right now is Luis Robert, uh, MLB's number three overall prospect uh, as an outfielder. He essentially is going to be the next big name guy to break into the majors. Um. I mean, from what I've heard from scouts and you know media guys who talk about him, people love Luis Robert. They think he's going to be spectacular. Uh, they got a couple pitchers coming back from injury in 2020. Michael Kopech, who's the number 17th overall player, and Dane Dunning. Um, he was in the top 100. I don't think he still is, um, but that's fine. Uh, he's coming back from injury uh, along with Kopech. If you need those guys at the back end of your starting lineup, two top five, you know, prospects coming out of, uh, you know, your farm, that's how you do it. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, a Golden Spikes winner at first base. And then they have Nick Madrigal, who's a former, I think, top three pick uh, at second base. All big name guys. They really, if they want to move these guys for big name players and make a push now, they can. Otherwise, if they let them keep growing, they're going to have themselves a nice young team in, you know, two years. Yeah, especially in a division where they could be competitive pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Because the Royals are probably where the White Sox were like two seasons ago. So they're not anything to worry about right now. Mm -hmm. Also the the fact that they are the Royals, and usually they aren't. Yeah, but, you know, they can be. Um, We'll we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, the Tigers are a fucking mess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you can write them completely out of anything remotely close to competitive for the next, like... I'm going to be bold here. I'm going to say they don't Never. compete seriously for, like, five or six years. I don't think that's a, that bold. <laughs> well, it's crazy in the world of sports because they've been uncompetitive. <laughs> they yeah, haven't been competitive right. for, like, Very four true. years already. So I'm thinking of this as the starting point, but no, the starting point was a long time ago. Yeah! Like, they probably, it's, like, there's going to be a solid decade of just waste Fuck, dude. for the Detroit Tigers. If only they had five World Series winning pitchers and multiple, multiple, <laughs> multiple Cy Young Awards. And, you know, like, a few, like, batting champions yeah, or something, no. you know. You know what? Just throw a guy in there who wins a triple crown. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. One or two. Um, so, yeah, the Tigers are not a threat <laughs> in any way. The Indians, depending on what they decide to do in the next few years, could either stay strong or fade away because, like, if they trade Frankie, I know, I know, fingers crossed it's not the Dodgers. Uh, Uh, Honestly, like, if they traded them to, like, a lovable team. Like the Astros. Like the Astros. (laughs) And they get a good return. It's, it'll be, you know, bittersweet. 
But if they trade him to the fucking Dodgers, man. It would hurt so oh, much. God, it would be bad. Only team worse would be the Yankees. I don't get all the Dodgers fans saying that they're going to trade for um, they're going to trade Corey Seager for for Frank for uh, for Francis, Francisco Lindor because like is it an upgrade? No, not like probably, but is I it would like much rather have Frankie than Seager? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay. Like, is it an upgrade for the Dodgers to have Francisco oh, yeah, over Seager? Be. Like, it is, but like, is it that much of an upgrade to like go that far out of your way for it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like, it just seems like you're doing so much work for, like, what would definitely be an upgrade. But especially like, not since that much. The number two overall prospect right now is Gavin Lux, who is a He's shortstop like, for the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm taking fucking crazy pills here. Like, why would they do that? Um, yeah, like, uh, when these f- rumors first started coming out, uh, the Dodgers were apparently very clear that they would try to trade for Frankie, but that Lux would not be included. And that just doesn't make any sense. Why would you want to trade for a superstar shortstop, but not give up a superstar shortstop prospect? You're already filling that hole. One of the two of them would conceivably move to second, I would guess, or you could move Turner off a third, but that seems... I mean, I guess there's precedence there, because A-Rod moved from short to third to come to the Yankees, but, I mean, is that what you want to do? is the Dodgers' issue. But it's also, it's also weird because, like, all right, so unless you want to have Scavin Lux on the starting roster next year, like, he's going to start in the ma- minors, so it's like, do you have Francisco Lindor come to play shortstop with the promise of him moving over to third when Gavin Lux is ready, or do you start having Gavin Lux take reps at third to come up at a position that's not his two months into a seat? Like, it's it's dumb. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't get what they would do. Or do you have one of them move to second? Like... I don't get what the point would be. It just seems like so much work for no reason. You know what? Don't play a third baseman. Don't play a second baseman. Play three shortstops. Just have them all stand together. It's the new shift. Yeah. <laughs> Tie the middles guys' like shoes to like the two guys next to them so they're all tied together and have to run as one. We call it coordinated baseball. <laughs> That's exactly how that would unfold, too. Yeah. Very coordinated. Yeah. We, we, we live and die as one. <laughs> How do you throw to third? You don't. You, you, <laughs> you don't. You give up third base. <laughs> third base is now assumed. Um, yeah, so the Indians could be a threat depending on what they want to do. The the Twins is a, as weird as it sounds for a team that just won a, 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 won, uh, 100 games, they're a huge question mark in my mind. Oh, yeah. Because of their pitching. So, and the fact that, um, what's his face, is 39, Nelson Cruz. Damn, is he really almost 40? Yeah. He'll, he'll be 40 by the season starts, I guess. Oh, either that or like in the middle of next year. But yeah, like in twenty in twenty twenty, at some point, Nelson Cruz will be forty. It's so weird. Like I know I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but like I'm so used to football about like when guys get old, they just kind of die, and then like baseball and uh, hockey to an extent, not really a little bit basketball, but like guys just play till like they die. But it's like ten years longer down the road than in football. Oh yeah. Like, what, what what Frank Gore is doing right now is ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. I love it. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, like, I would never touch a running back. Like, if I was a GM, I would never sign a running back older than 27. How old is he now? Is he 36? Yeah, he's, he's I don't know, 65? Does it matter? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to me. It's also sad, because, so like, 
old man baseball is fun mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, he's standing there. He's still got his bat. Like, his swing's slower. He doesn't run so fast. But, like, he's trying. Ooh, old he's man trying. football gets sad really fast. Oh, yeah. Old man football is not nearly as cute <laughs> as old man no, baseball it's is. it's sad. Old man football is like, oh, he died on yeah. the field. <laughs> it's like, man, that guy, like, he gets to retire with a lot of money, but, like, it won't be a fun retirement. He needs a like, cane, he's, and yeah. he's 36. Like, he most definitely has CTE and will be dead by 45. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, old man football is a big old yikes. Meanwhile, when guys like David Ortiz retire, it's just like, well, I guess he doesn't count. He got shot. Um, Bartolo Colon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bartolo Colon's just fat and happy in the Dominican <laughs> exactly. Republic with his two families. like Beating, <laughs> beating on little kids on the baseball field. Yeah. Pitching against 12-year-olds. He could be throwing 70, and it would be, like, the fastest oh, pitch they've ever seen. If I was, like, from the Dominican Republic or, like, one of the You're country, not? Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, a country where baseball is so huge. De la mio personal. Just, like, if I could do what Bartolo Colon did, where it's, like, make so much fucking money in the majors, like, I can't count it all, it doesn't matter, and then go back and, like, be so loved by, like, seven 12-year-old kids that I could just throw fucking gas against them and they still love it. Like, if I could be 55 years old just throwing heat against, like, an 8-year-old kid and they're applauding me for it, that's that's peak existence for oh, a baseball course. player. Yeah, you'd be worshipped. Um, I'm trying to think of who this player was. I think it was Reynaldo Lopez, which is why I have his baseball reference page up, who um, was... I think naturally left-handed and was like a pitcher when he was a kid. And it's just like the most fucking Dominican story in the world. Um, and he got his left hand hurt. Like he injured it like bad. Like he was in like a car accident or something, but he didn't want to stop playing baseball and he didn't want to stop being a pitcher. So he just learned to throw it the other hand <laughs> and then made it to the majors. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Is it, I amazed FP it like, like, wow. so like, I think it's like his left shoulder is like super fucked up and his right shoulder is just like totally cool. Damn. That would be crazy if like he could genuinely be a pitcher that throws both and like be successful. I don't remember the guy's name who does it. He plays Pat for the Giants. Benetti. Yeah, does he still play for the Giants? When I remember him playing it was for the A's. But I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But like imagine a guy like Ronaldo Lopez who has serious promise but also just happens to be ambidextrous the way he throws. Well, the, crazy. The, uh, the Yankees have a player like that in the minors. Um, he's Jason a switch-hitting, switch-pitching catcher. What? Yeah. That's a goddamn unicorn. I know. That's a gold-plated unicorn. Those uh, are especially rare. I know. Yeah, so he plays He plays catcher. He bats from both sides of the plate, and he pitches, and he can pitch with both arms. What did his parents sell to the devil? That allowed him to be able to do all that. Like 95 cents. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah, Devil, Devil yeah. has crazy discounts around Black Friday. <laughs> um, Wait, you, you paid know, your next three kids' souls for that TV? I just gave the guy a high five. Oh, wow. You had to suck his dick? Like, I <laughs> I just gave him a pat on the ass. Yeah. Get a little reach around. <laughs> Devil <laughs> loves the reach around. Um. Yeah, you know, you know, CC's actually naturally right-handed too. Did not know that. Yeah, CC writes with the. He does everything else with his with his right hand. He just throws with his left hand. Interesting. 
Yeah, there's a few out there. I do everything left-handed except for hit. I mean, it doesn't make me a good right-handed hitter, but, you know, <laughs> I swing that way. Well, when you make it to the majors, Corwin, it'll yeah, be a okay. great origin story. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else did we have to talk about? Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> also, apparently the Yankees are coming after Jacoby Ellsbury for that $26 million that they owe him. What? Yeah, apparently they're filing a grievance against him. Why? Because f- during his like rehab, apparently he sought outside doctors and outside rehab clinics that weren't approved by the Yankees, and the, that there might have been steroids involved as well. Oh, okay. I was going to say, are they going full Redskins for players wanting to have good medical coverage, unbiased? But, oh, the steroids thing. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so... Go after him for that. The, honestly, though, even if it wasn't the steroids, like... I could see it because he's been out for two entire seasons. Like, if he was getting the advice of, like, outside clinics, and that's what kept him out for two entire seasons. Because, like, that's really skeptic, like, like, like suspicious. Mm-hmm. The fact he's been out for two entire seasons. The last time he played was the 2017 AL- ALCS. Do you think the uh, Yankees are happy with that contract? Uh, no. <laughs> Although, can I tell you what the most impressive part about the uh, Jacoby Ellsbury te- uh, tenure with the Yankees is? What? How many uh, catcher's interferences he's had. It's true. Uh, how, it's many, how many? Do you know how many remember. I know it's fucking insane compared to anyone else, but I can't think of a, a specific number. Just with the Yankees. 22. That's a lot. In three years. That's four years. Like, I can't remember ever watching a baseball game that Jacoby Ellsbury hasn't played in where a catcher's interference has been called. Like, he, I believe, has the all-time record for most catcher's interferences. He has to. And, but the thing is, he beat Pete Rose to get it. Pete Rose, who holds the record for most games played in MLB history. And Jacoby Ellsbury, whose career got cut very, very short. And has played, I don't know, I'm going to look it up, like nine seasons, maybe? And Jacoby Ellsbury, in that short time, has more um, E2s than anyone else. That's nuts. Man, guy just likes sliding into home plate like Pete Rose. Arrested Uh, development joke. Career OPS plus of 103. (laughs) He's so average. He's such an average person. How many All-Stars does he have? Um, one. Really? One All-Star, one Gold Glove, one Silver Slugger, and two World Series rings. Didn't all of that happen in, like, a single season? All right, so he played from 2017, sorry, 2007 to 2017, so 11 seasons. Uh, Third place Rookie of the Year finish in 08, because, oh, because 07 he, like, barely played. And then in 2011, he finished second in MVP voting. He got his all-star, he got his gold glove, and he got his um, silver slugger, and they won the World Series that year. So, yeah, it did happen all in the same season. And then he had one um, 15th place finish in MVP voting in 2013, his last season with the Red Sox. All right, can I look up? Like, is there a way to see? Can you give me a stat line uh, at some point for that crazy season? Oh, the the second place finish? Yeah. Yes. Uh, he led all of baseball in plate appearances with 732 and what? in total bases at 364. 
He had 212 hits, uh, 46 doubles, 3 triples, 32 home runs, 105 RBIs, 39 stolen bases, 15 caught stealing, um, 52 walks, 98 strikeouts, a batting, a slash line of 321, 376, 552 for a 928 OPS and a 146 OPS plus. This is a good season. That's a very good season. This is, yeah, this is a really good season. He didn't lead in anything though, which is weird because that's a really high batting average and a and a, a pretty high slugging. I get it's not a super high slugging, but that batting average is really high, and he didn't lead any didn't lead anything in it. That's a lot of bases though. Hmm. Is there no way to see? I want to see how many. I'll, I'm gonna look up Jacoby Ellsbury catcher's interference because there's got to be there's got to be a way. To, to keep track of this. Uh, Call him up and ask him. Uh, catcher's interference record holder, Jacoby Ellsbury. Tell me more, MLB.com. Uh, 30 times. Holy shit. 30. That's so many catcher's interference. Is it like, is his swing just that elongated that it just happens that, like that? That's or is it thing. just black magic? That's the thing. It's such a weird... Can you call it a skill? Maybe? Because it's such a weird, like, skill to have. Because, like, here's a gif of him doing it. Yeah. Um, and I guess he does, like, keep his arms kind of straight at the at the, the beginning of his swing. So he, his, the, the bat would be pointing farther back. But he's also a pretty small dude. So I don't can't imagine it's like that outrageous it's not like it's me with a seven foot wingspan just yeah if i'm holding a bat and i swing it it's gonna catch the catcher do you think him being short actually makes it easier because the catcher sets up low so being small because he's not short short he's not like altuve short i think he's like 510 i have no idea you know what i mean because like he's lower to the ground catchers tend to set up pretty low and pitches come in pretty low so Maybe you being tall would actually put you at a disadvantage for catcher's interference because you'd be so yeah, much I'd farther. Swing over him, yeah. Yeah, like could that? But I guess I, I guess the no theory idea. is though, if you're a hitter, you're going to try to go where the ball is, so the bat's going to go where the ball is. So height actually should be irrelevant here mm-hmm. because you're going to put the bat where the ball is going to be, which is also where the catcher's glove is going to be. So those things are going to meet all. I don't know. I don't know how he keeps doing it. I. I remember seeing it a lot because in 2016 he like legit had like 10, not really, but he had a lot of them. <laughs> uh, and every time he would just like look back at the ump and go, and he like tap his bat and you go like I hit my bat and the umps would go okay, <laughs> and we would like just kind of be like ah, go to first, All right. and he would just be like ah oh, cool thanks man, and then like walk to first and it's like what just happened? <laughs> it's like how does he keep doing it? Like how does he just fucking keep fucking doing it? Like I don't I don't get it. Do you think he was getting signs from the dugout? Uh, yeah, apparently every time, uh, you, there was, there was five bangs because it was very specific. There were two bangs and a whistle. Yeah. yeah. A buzzer on his was, hand. Do, do <laughs> charge. And then he'd charge the catcher with his bat. In the ass. Aggravated assault. Oh, all right. You, you went a different place. Oh yeah, daddy. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, so the modern... Uh, what's it? What's it called? The modern baseball era Hall of Fame is uh, um, winners. Winners? Nominate? Uh, uh, name? Who? People. Go. People who go to the Hall of Fame. I don't. 
I don't know. Selectees? Uh, Honorees? The committee in charge of this decision? No, the committee elects people to the Hall of Fame. So electees? Is that the right word? For the people going to the Hall of Fame? Oh. Uh, I don't know. The modern (laughs) baseball era electees is the word we're going to run with will be announced in a couple of weeks. So with the last few minutes of the podcast, we figure you could just run through this list. Uh, we don't have to do too much in depth with it. These are play- So these are basically players who have been out of baseball for a while, players who have fallen off the 10-year uh, traditional Hall of Fame ballot, which will be voted on, or at least it's being voted on now. The results will be announced in early January usually. So oh, okay. we'll circle back with that later. But the modern era uh, players will be announced much sooner. They'll be announced in a couple of weeks. So we figured it's a little bit of, in advance. We'll talk about some of these players a bit now, maybe go into uh, a few of them a bit more when we find out if anyone from this group actually will get elected to the Hall of Fame. So I'm going to give you some names, Corwin, and you tell me what they mean to you. And if nothing, I'll give you some stats. Cool. At least what is presented here in front of me is I don't feel like doing more research. Dwight Evans? Nope. <laughs> Uh, Dwight Evans was a Red Sox. He made three all-star teams for the AL. He won eight gold gloves, two silver sluggers. He was a right fielder. 19 seasons. A lifetime 370 on base percent. 2,446 hits. A bunch of other stuff I do not care about. Um, Yeah, that's about it. What do you think? Is that a Hall of Famer? Uh, how many gold gloves? He had, what, two silver sluggers, three all-star appearances. Eight gold gloves in 19 years. I mean, I can't say. Like, I, I don't know who this guy is, so just going off of those things, it doesn't sound like it, but I am definitely firmly in agreement with people that say you can't just elect people to the Hall of Fame based off of accolades. Um. But I will do that right now because I don't know them. So, no, he should not. Uh, yeah, I kind of am leaning strictly based on this as well. Um, 19 years is the most impressive thing about that career. And that's... 100% in agreement. Um, that's not a good thing. <laughs> Maybe eight gold gloves is... But eight, eight gold gloves in 19 years? Yeah, like every that's other not, year? Not even. Like less yeah. than that. But still, eight gold gloves is eight gold gloves. And I'm sorry, but you don't get a to tout the counting stats when you play for that long. So, like, 2,446 hits over 19 years is an average of 128 hits a season, and that's, like, really not impressive. That's... that's In the slightest. Yeah. That's I a could bad get season. That. I, I could not get that, but, you know. Well, no, not, neither of us could, but, like, no, it's not a bad season, but it's not a good season. It's, yeah. It's a pretty mediocre season. Yeah, I'm, I'm not on board with this guy. Hey, Dwight Fuck Evans. you, Dwight. Fuck you. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Two guys sitting on a couch. You've never seen you play. Fuck you. <laughs> Lick my balls. Uh, Steve Garvey. Does he host Family Feud right now? Uh, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Fame, famous baseball player Steve Garvey, currently the host <laughs> of Family Feud. You nailed it. <laughs> White man Steve Garvey. Uh, hey, I he, thought we were talking. Uh, I thought we agreed that we weren't going to talk about race. Yeah, it's not race if you're white. No, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You got me there. <laughs> um, he was a first baseman, also played for 19 years uh, with the Dodgers and the Padres. 2,600 hits, just about, I rounded, sue me. 10 NL All-Star team selections. He was also the 1974 
MVP. He has two uh, World Series MVPs. He has two All-Star Game MVPs, four gold gloves, and he won a Roberto Clemente Award. Um, that's, this is like a this is a lot here. Yeah, that that sounds like a guy who should have already been elected to yeah, the Hall of Fame. This is such a weird comparison because fuck Dwight Evans, Steve Garvey. Like, did I, he kill a man? Did he kill a person who was like a voter for the MVP or not for the MVP for the Hall of Fame? And that's why they were all like, no, let's not add him. Uh, so he expired from the BBWAA ballot, which is like the regular Hall of Fame voting ballot. Um, consideration after lasting. 15 years on the ballot back when it was 15 years instead wow. of 10 um he peaked at 42.6% of the vote would you uh, need more than 50 or you need more than 75, 75 i believe yeah yeah cuz i think i think um uh messina got in was 76.2 okay. so i think you need 75 or more uh, uh he gets my vote yeah absolutely <laughs> two mvps two world series mvps and he's a great guy off the field with the Roberto Clemente Award. Like, what what doesn't he have? Uh, I I don't know. I honestly can't even think of a fun joke because this is astonishing. I get that, like, maybe some of his regular stats aren't super impressive because 2,600 hits also isn't a ton over a 19-year career. Um, and they don't mention any of his, like, batting averages or stuff. Like, I, I say that just because that's stuff that, typically gets looked at i'm not saying that's the end-all be-all of it of looking at these things but um i mean two mvps like that that's that's a lot um 38 war that's you know that's a good chunk oh you know it's weird he only has one mvp i wonder if the website's wrong now i remember you saying one mvp when you were reading it oh yeah the 1974 mvp my bad my bad yeah, and then two World Series MVPs. Although he does have another uh, second place finish here. Uh, lifetime batting average of two ninety four. That's pretty damn good. Life li- lifetime batting line two ninety four, three twenty nine, four forty six for a seven fifty five OPS and a one seventeen OPS plus. So he just had no power. No, no singles machine. But hey, uh, I'm okay with it. Yeah, get him in there. Put him in, Tommy John. And this will be an interesting one. I'm surprised he's not in the Hall of Fame. I he, just feel like a guy with his name recognition would get voted in. And that's why I think this will be an interesting case. Um, because of his kind of like off-the-field contribution. So, Tommy John, 26 seasons. Holy yeah, he played fuck. forever. Yeah, uh, no wonder he had to have the surgery. Jesus. 61.5 war. I'm just going to read off his baseball reference page because it's a little bit easier. The only accolades he has is four-time All-Star. In 26 seasons. Yeah, that's it. He, he has um, two second-place finishes for Cy Young and one fourth-place finish. And those came in his age 34 through 37 season. Jesus. I don't even think of a guy to like compare him to now. So he has a lifetime uh, ERA of 3.34, uh, 2,245 strikeouts, a point. 283 whip, a 3.38 FIP, 4,710 innings. Uh, yeah, so the, the thing with him is, is he the world's most impressive pitcher? No. Not necessarily. He did play for fucking ever, though. Yeah. His war, which is technically a counting stat, is high enough to get him in, and he is the namesake of what the most significant surgery in baseball history? Oh, far and away. Which was, you know, it's easy to say now, 
like how non-risky that surgery can be because everyone and their mother gets it. Position players get it now. Uh, but at the time, like it was a big deal that he did this. Yeah, I mean, considering how far we've come and it still takes guys over a year to come back, god damn. So I, I'm i all in favor for this. It's I one, am too. He's one of those guys when you find out he's not in the Hall of Fame, it's like a... What? Yeah, it's like a, really? Him? He's... What by far one of the most recognizable baseball names? Oh, of course. Even if you don't know the sport super well, because you just hear, "Oh, I got Tommy John surgery." Has a great underwear brand. Tommy John's. Tommy John's is an underwear. I don't think it's him, but there's an underwear brand named Tommy John. Oh, that's hilarious. I think it's Tommy John. That brings us to another Yankee, Don Mattingly. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a disdainful <laughs> eh. Uh, let's let's read off some of Don Mattingly's uh, baseball reference page here. He won an MVP, six-time All-Star, nine-time Gold Glove, three-time Silver Slugger. He also has a batting title, and he was the TSN Major League Player of the Year, which I do not know what that is. <laughs> I'm surprised it's listed on baseball reference because it doesn't sound something, you know. It sounds so insignificant. Yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> the fucking uh, shop right Little League Player of the Year. <laughs> What do you think is more significant to have on someone's baseball reference page? This TSN Major League Player of the Year or Little League World Series Champion? I would much rather have Little League World Series Champion. You know what, though? I'd actually love to have that. That would be fantastic. Like, that's something you keep on your resume. Because that'd be cool, because then you could see, like, all right, who's been good forever? Like, I want to look up Cody Bellinger's baseball reference page. I want to see what's on there. (laughs) It's not. What about uh, Todd Frazier? No, it just says he met Derek Jeter once. Ah, damn. <laughs> uh, so, Don Mattingly, 42.8, 40, sorry, 42.4 wins above replacement. His lifetime batting line, uh, oh, I scrolled right past it, 307, 345, 471 for an 830 OPS and a 121 OPS+. plus. He finished in the top five in MVP voting one, two, three times in a row. Uh, top 10 finishes four times in a row. He finished 7th uh, place in 1987. He won the award in 1985. Uh, he led the league in a bunch of things a few times. He led the league in plate appearances once, hits twice, doubles twice, RBIs once, batting average once, slugging once, OPS once, OPS plus once, total bases twice, and sacrifice flies once. <laughs> Wow, Don Mattingly, superstar with all those sack flies. You can hit it far, but not out, Donnie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've missed you. Oh, thanks, pal. Uh, So it's interesting because he has all the star power in the world, but his career was relatively short because of his back injury. And you can even see it in his baseball, baseball reference page, how kind of, it's, I don't want to say dives, but how quickly things kind of come to a conclusion in regards to his accolades. Um, it's what we call a 14-year 14 14 career short, but in a lot of ways it was. Didn't play for 26 years. And he didn't, scrub. Fucking loser. It's tough because I'm a Yankees fan, so I, I want him in. But at the same time, looking at this more objectively, I'm kind of on the fence. I could see it going either way. He's a super famous baseball player with enough hardware to make him borderline but at the same time he's also 
borderline enough with a few missing categories to where I could see if you're a more stringent, keep the hall small kind of person, I could very readily see you see you saying no. Yeah, I mean, it's Don Mattingly though. Since Would you be upset if he got put in? I can't say I'd be upset. Would you be outraged if he wasn't put in? No. It's kind of how I'm I feel very too. Very indifferent either way. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I care a bit, not to that much. Easily in the hall of very good. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, Yankees legend. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Is he in the Yankees Ring of Honor? I believe his number is retired. Yes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> That's all you need because the Yankees are baseball. I mean, yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, that brings us to another very interesting case. Marvin Miller. I don't know who that is. Marvin Miller might be the most significant person to not be a manager or player in baseball history. Was he a scout? No, he was a lawyer. He is the guy that heard Kurt Schilling's case against baseball that went all the way to the Supreme Court and ended up actually founding and then being the first president and running the uh, Major League Baseball Players Association. Okay. You went somewhere he with created the Players free Association. Okay. As you were like leading into that, I was like, so he got a court or he got a court case to be he basically took a court Wait, case I said to the Kurt Supreme- Schilling. I meant Kurt Flood. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I was going to say like, I said Kurt Schilling. So I this meant is Kurt very Flood. recent and, you know, all that. Kurt Flood. Jesus, yeah. what a I mean, if he, when you put it like that, yeah, he makes a good case to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, he changed baseball. Oh, yeah. How many people could say they changed baseball? Oh, yeah. Um, This guy's a big deal. Yeah. Um, So, he actually said earlier in his life that he didn't want to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I don't forget what the reason was. Maybe I I don't even want to speculate on it because I forget what the reason he had a reason though. And so I think the initial leaving him out of it was to honor his respects in some way. But at the same time, if you want to look at the Hall of Fame as a museum, which in many obvious ways it is, because he's it's literally a museum. He's a big fucking part of that yeah. shit, and he should probably has be he, in there for has posterity. He passed away. Yes. Like he's yeah. He is deceased. To his death, he said. You know, I do not want to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think this was like a big like sticking point for him where he would like went to his grave saying, Don't put me in the hall. But I believe this was something he had mentioned. I mean, if if his family can basically come out and be like, Look, no, he really he didn't want to be in the Hall of Fame, then I think you have to honor that. But I mean, if it was just kinda of like, eh, I don't want to be in the Hall of Fame, just like in passing you know, if if he has passed and it's been you know a respectable a respectable amount of time, you know, baseball is bigger than one guy. Baseball player salaries during his tenure as the head of the Players Association increased tenfold. Holy fuck! Like what he did for people Can who play baseball is in. <laughs> Me- is immeasurable. It's absolutely immeasurable. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it like before this, what was the last big change? The color barrier. Um, it depends on how you want to quantify change. because uh, color barrier obviously is much bigger for the world, but right. Um, like expansion was also a really big deal for baseball, and that happened in. 
1960 even i think 19 or is that 60 65 S- somewhere in the in the early 60s yeah. i always forget so but like that happened after the color barrier so depends on how you want to color barrier more significant but um expansion more recent. recent yeah makes sense and i i would guess that would be like it because the whole thing the whole reason kurt flood was so fucking pissed off is that you couldn't deny being traded to a different team yeah the the cardinals traded him to the senators i believe I you said he wasn't a player marvin miller wasn't a player kurt flood was oh, a player that's why the case was okay got yeah it. and the whole got case it, was it, so it. kurt flood got traded from the cardinals to the senators and didn't want to go because he he liked being a cardinal and he didn't want to move his family mm-hmm. and the baseball basically just said well it's too fucking bad you're gonna go play for the senators and he said i don't want to play for the senators because the whole thing was if your contract was with the team they could do with you whatever they wanted uh, you couldn't be traded and if they wanted to resign you you got resigned mm-hmm. like there really Wait, was not what? free yeah there was not free agency but like damn all right yeah no like like you were you as a as a worker were basically owned by the team it was ridiculous holy shit and so kurt flood did not want to do that and he sued major league baseball over it and marvin miller was the guy who took his case um and Kerflood ended up never playing baseball again, but probably left a sour taste in your mouth after that. I mean, yeah, it did. That's something. But major. Marvin Miller kept up the fight, and he ended up, like I said, being able to create basically what is now considered free agency, and mm-hmm. got to see the rise of, like you know, um, Catfish Hunter, the first major free agent, Nolan Ryan, the first player to get a million dollars a year. Like he saw a lot of uh, a positive over his tenures. It was it's, it's a really big deal. Nolan Ryan being the first person to make a million dollars a year. And Bryce Harper has a $300 million contract. Yeah. Uh, Jack Ranke makes $30 million a year. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Also, he was the institutor of 10 and 5 rights, which is a oh, big okay. deal, too. That is pretty big. For anyone who does not know, if you have 10 years of Major League Baseball service time and five years with one team, you can veto trades for yourself. So this actually came up like, two years ago for Adam Jones. It was his last year in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and Baltimore wanted to trade him at the deadline to like get some stuff back because they were trying to rebuild, and Adam Jones didn't want to move because he like he said he, like, he talked about his wife and like didn't want to move his kids, and like all the normal adult people things that would keep you from wanting to move abruptly in the middle of like July. Mm-hmm. And the team was like, well, we want to trade you, and he said, I have 10 and 5 rights. I'm not getting moved. And that's because of Marvin Miller. And that's the reason the Orioles suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I would love to see him in the hall because he's such a significant part of history. But, you know, they're going to do it. It's one of those things where it's like they have a very strong case to get in, but he wasn't, you know, specifically a well, he was. He was the head of the NF- or the MLBPA. So yeah, and we see like execs a, get in all the huge, time. Yeah, exactly. I think he should get in, hundred percent. He has my yeah. vote. He has my vote. That doesn't count for anything, but he has my vote. Which brings us to another interesting case, and yet another Yankee. Yeah, this one, whose jersey is hanging on my wall. Derek Jeter. Thurman Munson. Is that Derek Jeter? That's Thurman Munson. Oh, okay. Uh, owner of one of the most righteous, righteous mustaches in, in baseball history. That is the only reason I know who Thurman Munson is, is because of 
Thurman Munson's mustache. Thurman Munson is an MVP winner, a Rookie of the Year winner, a two-time World Series champion, seven-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove winner, 46.1 war. But keep in mind, as a catcher, the bar for catchers is usually much lower because they accumulate far less war. Um, his career batting line, uh, 292, 346, 410, a 756 OPS, a 116 OPS+. Plus. Um, he got MVP votes to some capacity in six straight years, including one win. Uh, he also got some MVP votes in his rookie year, but not enough to be significant. Uh, this is an interesting case because, all right, for one thing, he does have some hardware. He's got two rings. He's got some gold gloves. He's got the MVP, which is a big one, the all-star nods. But the, re- one of the reason that this is such an interesting case is his career was cut very short because he died. He died in a plane crash. I uh, did not know that. Yeah, he died in a plane crash like mid-season. Wow. Yeah. What's the story behind that? He was flying like a, his personal, like, like small private plane. Uh, I think it was like to visit his wife or to go back and forth from like the game to see his family real quick. Like it was some short little thing like that, and there was just a problem with the plane and it, it, it crashed. I think he was actually going like from, I want to say Cooperstown of all places, um, or somewhere in. Uh, Oh, somewhere Ohio, somewhere like like not a, a populous place, right? And um, yeah, he just it, like his plane malfunctioned. I think there was a rumor that he might have been like inebriated. You know, it's it's the eighties. Yeah. Um, and it actually it was such a big deal because the MLB didn't give the Yankees players bereavement, and the Yankees actually forfeited uh, the next game so that they could go to his funeral. That's. And he was the team captain. That's insane that the MLB would be like, no, you can't reschedule this game. Even though we we reschedule 100 games a year. Not 100 games, but Also, a, a lot. between all the teams, like it's a lot of fucking games. Right. Uh, your captain dies, a potential Hall of Fame player dies. And it's like, nah, get out there and play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got popcorn to sell. So, yeah, they, they forfeited the game to go to, to, go to his funeral. Um and they didn't award a captain after that for like a while. Uh, That's insane. Don Mattingly was the next one. Like captain, captain for for the Yankees is a is a big deal. It's not an oft given out award, um, or not award title. So I would actually say yes to this. Even Yankees fandom put to the side, just because he's such a monumental player who did so much in in short time and. Uh, Given the circumstances, I think, I think he kind of deserves it. But what do you think? Well, after that heart wrenching story uh, and having some context, I think he should get in. All right, uh, let's try to power through the rest of these, especially because I know fewer and fewer names. Dale Murphy. Why don't you just uh, pick and choose your spots? Yeah, there's not too many left. Dale Murphy, back-to-back NL MVP winner with the Braves, uh, 18-year career, 398 home runs, 1,266 RBIs, uh, seven-time All-Star, five gold gloves, four silver sluggers. Um, you, what do you think? Dale Murphy. Sure. <laughs> you know what? I say I uh, uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> two, two MVPs is like, that's a lot of MVPs. That is a lot of MVPs. That's more than I have. Most players don't even win one. Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know. 
<laughs> How many you got? Uh, I have five. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Most venerable person. I'm awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, you are. Dave Parker. Um, 19-year career with the Pirates, Reds, A's, Brewers, Angels, Pirates, and Blue Jays. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, 399 home runs, 1,493 RBIs, two batting titles, uh, MVP. Um, uh, won a World Series with the Pirates. Wow, that's hard to do. And won a World Series with the A's. That's uh, a little easier. Uh, yeah, those A's teams were great. What do you think about Dave Parker? Uh, based off of just that, I, I, I can't give it to him. Ted Simmons, uh, you know, <laughs> Simmons fell just one vote shy of election when they voted two years ago. How sad. Yikes. Uh, catcher, he had two, uh, 285. Um, he has 200, 2,472 hits, 483 doubles, 248 home runs, 1,389 RBIs over 21 seasons. With That's a the, lot of seasons. Huh? That's a lot of seasons. Not 26, though. No, it's not. Uh, 21 is, in fact, less than 26. He w- played for the Cardinals, Brewers, and Braves, helped Milwaukee reach the World Series in 82, but not win it, because that team's never won it. Uh, Simmons was an eight-time All-Star. He had a Silver Slugger Award. Um, wow, there's some, some really specific stats here, which usually means he's not that great, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Like, listen, listen to these last stats that they give. Um, he bat 303 and hit 21 home runs for St. Louis in 1980. <laughs> wow. Like, that's such a, that's such a specific stat. Like, yeah. you don't, he's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. All right, final one. Also a pretty interesting case. Lou Whitaker. Um, let's see. Is he Where related to Forrest? Huh? Is he related to Forrest? Yes. No, he's not. Does he also have a droopy eye? Yeah, but it's the other one. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, Lou Whitaker. Let's see. It's that 75 war. That's a lot of war. Rookie of the year, five-time All-Star, won the 1984 World Series, three-time Gold Glove, four-time Silver Slugger. He never led the league in anything. Okay. Wow. That's shocking. Wow. Um, For so much war. He has a lifetime batting line, 276, 363, 426 for a 789 OPS and a 117 OPS plus, uh, 2,369 hits. Uh, he got MVP votes one single year. Uh, yeah, by all accounts, this is like not a very, uh, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Illustrious career? Yeah, like... But he has 75 war. war? I don't know how the war is that high. I don't know how it could get that high. Oh, you know what? Let's look at his D-war. 16.3 D-war. That's a good chunk of D-war. That's a lot of D-war. 67.7 O-war, which is still, like, enough to get him to the Hall of Fame alone. So, I guess just, like, a low-key, consistent hitter. Yeah. Matt Chapman. If this guy was named Matt Chapman... And Matt Chapman had the exact same setup of accolades. I'd be a hundred percent, but because it's not, and it's Forrest Whitaker's cousin with the droopy eye, uh, I'm gonna go with no. I wonder actually if he'll get in this time because he fell off the ballot in his first year, two point nine percent of the votes. Wow! In yeah. two thousand one, and war was not a common stat in two thousand one. 
No. Because if you look at the rest of his stats, like we just did, it's, it's not, not impressive. Imp- no, it's not. But clearly he was like good enough for long enough to accumulate. Like how many seasons did he play? Um, nineteen 18. seasons. So you know, like he probably was just like an under the radar type of dude yeah. who just like held it out. So I wonder if this time around, like they'll take War. Which I know this is being voted upon by a group of older people, but it still makes you wonder if they can. Old women. Yeah, if they'll if they'll take it into consideration. For reference, it's just about a four war per season uh, rate. So yeah, a good, not great player for a long time is still. I don't know. Seventy five is a lot. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I can't say I would put him in, but he makes a case for himself. He does. All right, that's all the players. Um, I was going to talk about Jamal Adams, but fuck it. Save it for later. Uh, anything else? No. Is it good? Does it feel good to be back on the couch? It does feel good. It's very relaxing. More yeah. comfy than my desk. Who would have thought? Yeah. Funny how that works. <laughs> I should uh, get a couch in my office. My office. My room. <laughs> fucking. You know, my office I'm where so, I sleep? I'm so fucking pretentious. <laughs> Goddamn. My office. <laughs> where I masturbate. Uh, shall we get out of here yeah I gotta go masturbate <laughs> oh nice is that what you've seen Ethan about yeah alright well if you want to follow this show on Twitter you can do so at JuicingPod if you want to hit us up via email you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers uh, at gmail.com and if you want to hit us up, find our show notes you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers.wixsite.com slash website at JuicingTheNumbers.com and until Thursday y'all have a good one bye